Welcome to the latest edition of the podcast series, The Banker's Plumber Lessons Learned. What's up in banking, what's changing, what has gone wrong, what is going right. Banks want to and need to become more efficient, produce the same for less or more for the same. Banks have got to do a lot of collaboration in order to settle transactions. All that settlement stuff is very expensive. Working on collaboration is all about infrastructure, trying to reduce friction and fragmentation. Getting enough banks to march in the same direction is really hard unless there is a deadline. Herding cats, what needs to be done, what works, what doesn't. Today, my guest is David Potter, MD of Connective Technology, a UK-based company focused on delivering innovative technology solutions to the Islamic finance market. Just quickly before we get into the details of this week's podcast, a word of thanks for the sponsor of this podcast, the Realization Group in London. They're a financial services and fintech marketing agency. I've worked closely with them for the past couple of years. Colin Slight and the team there talk about being visible, being found and being successful. Well, today, a slight variation on the theme will be heard. I hope that's still of interest. And I thank Colin and the team for their support. Let's get going. David, thank you very much for joining me. Hi there, Olaf. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Our backgrounds have got a lot in common. We both grew up in the world of operations and settling trades. Before we get too much into detail, can you share a few thoughts about differences and similarities between Islamic finance and the rest of the wholesale banking world? Sure, Olaf. Yep. Yeah, yeah we, we certainly did grow up in that world and both got the grey hair to prove it now, I think. Um, I think, yeah, clearly there's some, there's, some, there's some great differences between Islamic finance and, and the conventional space. But let me just spend a, a minute putting it in perspective, um, I guess, and then we can we can drill down from there. I mean, ultimately, Islamic finance is based around the adherence to, to Sharia law. Um, that's the that's the big difference, and this, all the Sharia law is trying to do is promote some balance, responsibility, justice, um, and discouraging excess um, through a, through a set of rules. Um, some you'll be familiar with things like prohibition of interest, um, uncertainty on transactions, so contracts need to be clear, unambiguous, um, no gambling or, or perception of gambling within contracts. Um, so the industry is growing with a a bunch of a bunch of products that take all those those things into consideration um, so that the, the principles can be upheld. Um, having said that, of course, there's, there's lots that's very similar. Um, operationally, infrastructure, transactions still get booked, debits and credits are made to general ledgers, you know, payments are made and, and, and the like. So, you know, operationally, infrastructure, there's lots of similarities. Sharia is a lot stronger around audit trail um for obvious reasons to you know lots of audit goes on to ensure sharia trans sharia transactions are compliant um so there's a bit of demand there um i think that's probably a reason that the industry's been a little slower to to adapt to technology and automation over the over the, the more recent recent past oh, so there's there's trust in the paper trail, as it were. <laughs> yeah, too much. <laughs> so now, if I've got the right sense of what Connectif is about, you're trying to create a marketplace for Islamic finance and some improved post-trade processes, notwithstanding 
any uh, attachments to bits of paper. Uh, what more can you tell us about what, what you're up to? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we we, we came upon this having spent some uh, decent amount of time in the, the Islamic finance industry over the last sort of 10 plus years. Um, and we came and started to come across gaps and, and, and areas where there's room for improvement. And not only from the perspective of individual banks, but more the wider industry, I think. Um, I touched on just before, there's you know, currently little automation in the industry in, in comparison to the, the conventional banking world. Um, so we thought we'd start right in the centre of the, the interbank market with a view to moving outwards through through ripples from there, hopefully. Um, so we've created a platform, it, we, it, exactly what you said, it allows banks to connect with each other and, and participate to not only improve their own effectiveness, but really make the wider industry hum a bit better, I think it's fair fair to say. So the platform's called iWave, um, and it allows banks to transact their asset and liability cash products. Um, it allows them to negotiate their trading agreements and master agreements. And quite often these 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 agreements that they, they sign to transact are, are bilateral in nature. There's, there's not necessarily standard agreements. Um, so there's a set of um, workflows that the, the, the banks can set up within the platform, which allows them to differentiate their post-trade management processes confirmation exchange, the likes, to, to comply with their own Sharia requirements and guidelines. Okay, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty novel in, uh, in, in helping that. I guess in, in, in the Sharia world, I'm just thinking off the cuff here, there's nothing standardised about settlement in the way that you, know, you and I would settle bonds at Euroclear or securities domestically. No. Um, Thinking about that, it's all then. There's some sort of bilateral settlement ultimately. Yeah, it's, it's all bilateral. Very, very little newer, newer thinking. I mean, yeah, Islamic bonds, yeah, terms of cut. They're they're still settled through the main main areas as you'd expect a conventional bond to be settled. Um, a lot of the non-standard stuff is what happens before that, almost to ensure the transaction is Sharia compliant um, and the the underlying assets, if if any, attached to it, are Sharia compliant. Ah, uh, the actual pre-trade part yeah. of that. It, that that makes some that makes some sense. Um, now, when I think of how banks typically look at their book of work, and we, we were talking a little bit about this before we, we came on air, mm. banks look at their pro book of work. They try to set some priorities. They pretty much divvy up things into mandatory and discretionary. Um, if you start with the former. The mandatory stuff we still as an industry sharia or not sharia uh, have a tendency to do things last minute and we know mm-hmm. that slim down version one and the promise of fixing it all in version two uh, which like manana in spanish never comes um, and every every time i say that to people i get the same reaction that they, they smile at me yeah was was it ever thus and discretionary needs to win an approval probably based on some very short-term returns and heads of businesses going, yeah, what does this do for me in the next two years? Because I'm probably not going to be in this seat in the next two years. Is it fair to say that what you're trying to do, there's nothing mandatory, um, but you're trying to be a bit like CLS was to FX with an added bell or whistle in, in, a, in a new marketplace. How do, you, how do you go about getting businesses to migrate to your platform? Yeah, well, you, you're absolutely right, Olaf. Yeah, there's, there's there's nothing mandatory. Um, so you've you've hit the nail on on the head there. Um, 
and it's a longer term it's a longer term game um you know we're trying to make the trying to make the case is not always easy to certain certain potential clients certain business managers are very short term in approach um others are far more strategic and it's it's that old tactical versus strategic change argument really um so you know we're trying to change industry-wide behavior rather than than quick wins which you know as you've identified isn't a isn't a five-minute job so it's a longer term game um we believe we're bringing the change to the industry for good reason um and strategic thinkers in that that business will will buy into it um that's along the lines of the sharia principles we talked about you know there's a we're trying to support the industry and doing doing the right thing for for multiple people um but i think yeah we're, we're starting to get some buying from from some of the more strategic players in the marketplace whether they're banks or, or other service providers and i think you know once we can get to a top stopping point there then others inevitably inevitably follow but it takes a lot of uh, a lot of effort and certainly at the moment where where we stand we'd love to be out, out on airplanes and talking to people in different countries but um zoom will suffice for now uh, we're, we're doing it. Do, do industry associations help at all in a little bit, a little bit. They're not as well founded as as in uh, some of the conventional uh, conventional areas. Um, but yeah, we're talking to a, num- a number of those have been been pretty supportive. So um, that's certainly a good good way to good way to market. Yeah, I, I hope that uh, you can get a few leading lights at the banks to say strategically um, this is the right thing and get your in a way that gets it slightly out of that discretionary bucket and into the mandatory or, or sponsored exactly um, right yeah you, you've been through the same sort of stuff haven't you it's, it's just finding finding the right people in the, in the organization that 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 are going to give the buy-in it's not always the people you think either yeah that's that's true i think I, what i found often is that at the business level they can only think so far because they they're just not getting any prizes for anything that's too far over the horizon yes. and you've got to get the right sponsor in in the exec suite to say no no this makes a difference and i don't know historically i've always found that ops has been the um the cinderella function anything operation it's very hard to find that person who wants wants to change the stuff um, yeah. i think so, that's changing though isn't it i mean you look at you know, when we first met each other, some of the stuff we used to do then, that was, uh, we were pulling rabbits out of hats to get stuff done now, then. But but now it's, it's more accepting, isn't it? You know, I think it's taken more seriously the operational functions in a bank, um, certainly than they were. Yeah. And I, I, sort of, I suppose some of the regulation stuff is helping with new rules on resilience and what have you. Oh, yeah, we pay attention to these um, operations. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say to people today when I talk them, say, yeah, for years, you made so-called what the economists call supernormal profits. Your revenues are up here, costs were down here. So you really didn't understand your costs. You only understood there was a lot of daylight between. It's in the middle. Two. Yeah. Um, and I had this argument about um, credit default swaps with somebody who used to work at Deutsche. said, yeah, we we're so busy making money here. We really didn't care about the quality of the infrastructure. I said, yeah, and the result was that nobody knew who owned what. So you had to do a giant rescue. But I think now it's more like, well, the revenues are coming down and the costs are still there. So you make what the economists call normal profit, which means your shop makes a dollar and I make a dollar. Who's got most of that dollar left over? Probably the guy with the best processes. Yep. 
Absolutely. Uh, can make a difference. Um, that's when the ops guys come to the fore. Last thought for today on, on, on fragmentation. One, at least in the traditional worlds that I know well, having cash or assets in more than one place is a, is a pain. Mm-hmm. Having multiple ways to settle transactions has been a, a permanent feature of the legacy settlement process. Does Islamic financing suffer from that same fragmentation problem? And if so, what, do you, what does Connective and its potential marketplace do to, to help that? Yeah, it certainly does suffer in exactly the same way as, as, as the conventional does. Um, I don't think the thinking's not quite there yet around around bringing that closer together. I mean, we're very focused at the moment, really, in the cash cash space, asset liability, tra- traditional products from an Islamic finance perspective, not from a not from a conventional one. Um, but we've got a, a decent roadmap for for future development. So I think. Um, Lots of interesting ideas that we can, you know, potentially bring bring some of these underlying assets together with with cash products in the Islamic space. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll come on again in the future, Alef, and we'll, we can we can chew that one over if you like. Um, but there's opportunities certainly, but we're a little more focused on the on the now. I would say, yeah, yeah, you got to deal with uh, take taking some small steps. Uh, the marketplace thing does make sense. I would say I'm looking at some of the things going on around uh, in digital asset space, mm. uh, you see a lot of work being done on the primary side, on the origination piece of making yeah. the to and fro that says, are the 12 of us going to do this syndicated deal? Yes. What are the terms and conditions? Right. We've all agreed it. Uh, yeah. we've, we've got a record. And that, that makes sense. I, I can imagine the same help for negotiating the thing up front and then the extra thing that you have to deal with which is the, the blessing and pouring of holy water and water trail that, that that workflow up front ought to make a difference so yeah. i'll close it out i'll say david thanks very much for coming on the show and sharing your insights today been a pleasure all right infrastructure and ops is so important to wholesale banking it's great to have a guest who thinks widely about these things You can find out more about David on LinkedIn. Just put in David Potter with two T's and Connectif, that's connect, if, all one word, and you'll find it. Dear listeners, thank you. You've been listening to Bankers Plumber Lessons Learned with me, Olaf Ransom. Have a wonderful day, wherever and whenever this finds you. Mm -hmm.